Hello, and welcome to my new podcast. Here I'm just going to be reading some books that I find. Um, this one I found at Goodwill for about $3. It's The Lone Ranger uh, by Fran Stryker. It's, I believe it was written after the original film was produced, so it should be fun. It's more of a kid's book, but it should be should be a good book. So I haven't read it, so I'm just going to get started. The Lone Ranger. Chapter 1. The Stampede. Sunlight was dying over the prairie, and so was the wind, but sand still sifted through the purpling sage with harsh, dry whisperings. Sand blew up in little flurries from the desert floor, and drifted about the hooves of the gaunt, gray horse as he swung his masked rider forward, stride after weary stride, through the growing dusk. In every swaying, dusty line, both man and mount showed evidence of the long, hard trail behind them. But hard trails were not new to this mystery rider, whose black half-mask and silver-mounted forty-fives were already famous throughout the lawless, pioneer west. Figuring in countless tales of daring, they stood always for justice to the criminal and timely aid to the distressed. They stood, in short, for the Lone Ranger, that nameless hero of almost legendary skill with rope, gun, and horse, whose sudden appearance on the scene of lawlessness and danger was always followed by the rescue of the unfortunate and the just punishment of guilty persons. No one knew from whence he appeared or whither he afterwards disappeared. No one except possibly the half-breed Indian, Tonto, the masked man's only close friend and frequent companion. And Tonto never talked. The long friendship between him and the Lone Ranger went deeper than words and permitted no questioning by others. On the present trail, not even Tonto accompanied the masked rider. Only the weary gray gelding shared his toil, along with the dangers and discomforts that still beset it. Quit dreaming, pony hoss! The rider straightened in his saddle and peered ahead into the spreading shadow cast by a low butte upon the trail. If my guess is good, he went on, addressing the gray's twitching ears, we're due for a little fun. Those men we're following can't be very far ahead. Might be just the other side of that sway-backed butte. Looks as if they're heading straight for Windy Creek after looting Bar 7 Ranch. And likely, the Windy Creek Bank will be missing a lot of money tomorrow. Unless... Whack! The speaker's body jerked, as if struck by an invisible fist, and in the same second his horse lurched, knees crumpling to roll heavily on the sand. The rider sprawled motionless. His hat rolled for a few feet, helped by the wind, and settled right side up to show a small, black hole through the dented crown. For a moment, there was no sound anywhere, except the rustling of sand particles through dry sagebrush. Then the horse's ears twitched slowly, back and forth. The man's body relaxed, rolled over, and a soft but hearty laugh seemed to bubble up from the dusty ground. Pony hoss, you sure have got that little old tumbling trick down fine. One kick in the ribs, and down you go like a shot rabbit. All the time, that slug parted my hair just as slick as you please, and it ruined $20 worth of Stetson's best. Good shooting, too, considering that it's almost dark. Rolling quickly to his still motionless horse, the rider tugged a heavy-calibered, short-barreled carbine from the saddle boot and carefully blew the dust from its lock. Then, crouching, he ran swiftly toward a low rise of ground. Halfway up, he halted, listening, then straightened deliberately with a snort of disgust. From the black shadow of the butte came a sudden thudding of hooves, which faded quickly into the distance. Well, if they haven't gone and left us all alone, and with night coming on, too, that hurts my feelings. A grin spread over the Lone Ranger's face, showing a flash of white teeth through the gathering twilight. How about you, Pony Hoss? he called. The gray rolled over, struggled to his feet, and after shaking a small avalanche of sand from flank and neck, trotted to where his rider stood. A moment later, they were moving again over the prairie, 
man and mount swinging to one long rhythm at the myelating lope of the open range. Little by little, the crescent of a new moon lifted above the starkly silhouetted buttes. The desert impaled, silvered, changed gradually into a shimmering sea of mist and creeping shadows. The rider seemed to loom taller and broader in the uncertain light, a ghostly giant on a great gray horse that leaped into cavernous patter- shadows and out again into pools of rippling moonlight, following an all but invisible track through an unearthly landscape. But there was reality enough in the weariness that shortened the gray stride and slowed his laboring muscles. And knowing this, the Lone Ranger had no eye for moonlight or desert scenery. His horses might carry him another mile or another two miles at this pace, but then he would be done. Meanwhile, the fresher animals ahead were lengthening their lead, or would be if their riders still feared pursuit. If they did not, that is, if they still thought their pursuer hurt or afoot after that shot from ambush miles back on the trail, then they would still head for Windy Creek and take their time. With that thought, the Lone Ranger pulled the panting gray to a walk. No hurry now, unless those dry gulchers had seen him since moonrise, and were still hightailing for parts unknown. If not, they'd be bound to stop sometime for a rest, and a snack of cold grub, probably at the next spring, if they knew where to find it. Meantime, the gray was nearly used up. He had been traveling since early morning, with no rest, while the raiders had looted fresh mounts from the Bar 7. Thoughtfully, his rider pulled up, slid to the ground, and loosened his saddle girth. With expert hands, he fingered hawks, knees, and fetlocks, whistling softly whenever a slight swelling told him of stiffening joints. Straightening his back at last, he ran a rough, caressing hand over the gray's drooping ears and neck. You've done your best, partner, and I am grateful to you. We'll walk along together for a while now, and then we'll see. The sign which the Lone Ranger followed was clear enough, even by moonlight, for the three raiders ahead had taken no pains to hide their track. There was little wind to drift the sand, and the marks of shod herbs were more sharply defined with each mile of progress. The lone hunter's eyes seldom dropped now to the trail at his feet. They searched always ahead, watching the shadows of every sage and greasewood clump, the dark mouths of every draw and gulch, the more distant outlines of three sand-scoured buttes that rose, one above the other, from the prairie level. He knew that he might follow the trail for hours, or he might not. At any moment, a rifle might spit yellow flame and a leaden pill with his name on it. That was almost certain. If the outlaws had enough sense to watch their back trail, though with their one pursuer supposed to be afoot or dead, they might not think it worthwhile. Less than a mile ahead was a spring, hidden, to be sure, in a little blind canyon behind the lowest butte. But probably some of the raiders knew it, too, and that was where they would stop, if at all. Their horses, to judge by the tracks, had been moving faster from here on, and that looked as if they'd been pushed to reach the spring in a hurry. Their riders could use a drink, too. Wild Horse Spring. And it's the only all-year ground water in 20 square miles. As I remember, there's a valley spreading out from that little blind canyon, with some cottonwoods and a lot of right good feed in it. Always used to be a herd of wild horses hanging around there, until the hunters caught too many of them, and the rest cleared out. But lately, there's been talk of another herd using the springs. I wonder now. The Lone Ranger's thoughts traveled far and wide, into past and future, as they pleased. But his eyes and ears were very much to the present, and his splendid nerves and muscles were alert to act upon the slightest warning of his senses. Suddenly, the gray's head went up. He stopped short, quivering, with ears pricked forward, and a long breath whistled through his nostrils. His rider had dropped to the ground and appeared to listen, tensely, with one ear to the earth. Moments passed without further sound or movement, 
Then, with one lithe motion, the Lone Ranger swung up onto the saddle. Stampede! The buffalo heard. And coming our way, we're moving out, pronto. And here's just hoping we make it to those high buttes in time. A low, rolling thunder began to be heard, even from a rider's height above the ground, a thunder that grew steadily in ominous volume, till the desert trembled with it. It drowned out the beat of the gray's frantic hooves as he put all his depleted energy into a last desperate dash.